This is your preparation station, encouraging hosts and empowering topics to equip you along the journey. Preparedness grounded in truth. Now on with the show. Your preparation station with Donna Miller is on the air. Tune in for insight and encouragement for living a more sustainable, back-to-basics lifestyle. No matter where you've come from or what the future may hold, we hope each episode will encourage you with topics, guests and stories that inspire your journey towards self-sufficiency. And now, the hostess of your preparation station, Donna Miller. Welcome to a new episode of Your Preparation Station. I'm your host, Donna Miller, and I'm really glad to be with you again today. I just realized this show, when it airs, is going to be my sixth year of doing these shows. I mean, it's amazing. Time flies. Um, It's been a really enjoyable ride. I've had such a great honor to meet some fantastic people via the phone first usually and then sometimes we actually get to get together in places or bump into each other at expos it's pretty cool um, I've really been very blessed to have this opportunity to serve you and to serve the guests that have come on and just hopefully bring some great people in front of you that have a similar outlook on preparedness that we do and you know, if you've been listening to me for six years, you know what that is. And it's one of of encouragement and a can-do attitude and faith, not fear. You know, this is something that you can do. You don't have to be afraid of and you shouldn't be scared into it either. Um, so I'm really excited to have the guest with me here today because they're really producing a pretty cool product and I want you guys to kind of get behind it and investigate it and hear about it because they're not just talking about it, they're doing it. And it's something that can help so many people in an emergency situation or a preparedness for emergency situation, whether it's right in the thick of it or preparing before it. Um, This product is pretty awesome and I wish that I had a video right now in front of me to share with you that you could see, but you're going to go to some of the links that we share so that you can see it's kind of cool to watch the whole thing come to life. Um, and I'm just excited about it because we we always look for somebody that has some genuine effort behind their journey, and these folks definitely do. I'm joined today with, by Nick Peterson. He is the business development manager for LifeCube Incorporated. He's a former student of UC Santa Barbara's Entrepreneurship School, and he partnered with Michael Connor, the president of LifeCube, to explore the feasibility of Michael's technology. After winning the new venture competition, he joined the company full-time to acquire the early-stage investments that allow the company to build the first set prototypes, expose the product to the government agencies around the country, and to expand the core team. Alongside this amazing team in Santa Barbara, Nick works every day to spread the vital message of preparedness. Now, he's someone who is kind of helping to push this in front of other people so that they can see the feasibility of how cool this LifeCube is. Um, I have an opportunity to uh, see the video. I'm sorry you can't, but if you get the chance to go to their website, you need, you need to take a little look at it and go to lifecubeinc.com click on how it works, or just tool around the website, and you'll, you'll see what we're talking about. Now, if you're listening on iTunes, you're going to have to probably do that at some other time. If you're on the show page, though, or if you're on Blog Talk Radio show page, 
just click the link below and then you'll get immediately connected and you won't lose our conversation either. So, Nick, do I have a, a good connection with you? You do. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So glad to have you. I, I appreciate you agreeing to come on and share with everybody about this really cool new technology. It's really a technology. It's not just a product. Um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, listening to your intro, I found it kind of serendipitous. Um, <laughs> I'm about to come on to my sixth year trying to develop this thing as well, from awesome. napkin sketches to where we are today. Oh, that's so. great. That's great. Well, there, it's perfect timing then. We're going <laughs> along this road together, I guess, and, and didn't even realize it. Um, you guys have... if. Okay, because we're not visual right now, everybody is really just listening. If they have not connected through with the videos, can you give a visual description of what a life cube is? Absolutely. Uh, so at the very core idea, the life cube is effectively a house in a box. What arrives is a five-foot shipping container, unfolds, and that's our patented technology, to create a 12-foot by 12-foot raised platform, and inside, you have an inflatable shelter, a table, electrical components, and storage space for whatever the end user needs, be it food, water, communication, first aid. Our idea is to completely handle logistics by providing everything the end user needs in one package. So in five minutes, that five-foot cube unfolds, inflates into a 144-square-foot shelter, complete with solar-powered electricity, and you're good to go. Oh, that's so cool. And hopefully by now people have clicked on lifecubeinc.com and taken a look at it. But if they haven't, go there later. Um, you guys can also connect with them on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in lifecubeinc. And on Twitter, same thing, LifeCube, INC. So connect with them because we're going to talk about a little bit more about that towards the end of the show, why that's actually very important. Um, not only to see the validity of what they're doing, but there's some other stuff you guys can get behind. Now, besides just the use as an emergency shelter, are there any other uses for the LifeCube? Well, first and foremost, I love taking it camping. <laughs> cool. It's always been the best camping of my life. You <laughs> has built-in sound system, and you have all your electrical needs, a built-in camp stove. So it's a real all-in-one. Fits right in the bed of your truck, and you can just drive <laughs> off and straight camp. Um, so that's the recreational side of it. But on the more practical emergency side, we have uses ranging from command and control field triage, medical, um, and a current direction that we're moving towards, uh, this whole Ebola crisis, although maybe it was a bit uh, exaggerated, um, the deadliness of it within the United States, what it did is it showed us that our pandemic response is really lacking. So. We're right now working with a group in Buffalo called Austin Air to incorporate their medical filtration technology into the cube so that you can create a positive pressure seaburn or hazmat environment. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, you, you know, you made a good point. Um, we are not adequately prepared as a, as a people, as a nation in America especially. Um, I think we've gotten very 
comfortable with the status quo of, oh, it always happens somewhere else. Um, what do you attribute that apathy to, and how have you tried to combat that in marketing the LifeCube? Well, you're right. Um, I think it's a attitude that exists, even though all of the, uh, the evidence shows to the contrary. For instance, every dollar spent in preparedness can save $4 in response. Uh, I don't know what it is about the existing attitude. Maybe it's the American exceptionalism or the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but it does seem to be kind of an uphill battle to convince people that they have to have family preparedness or they have to push their government to put more systems in place and have prepositioned equipment um, so that they can do the immediate response and not take the 72 hours that traditionally takes. Yeah, I, we we as a people tend to think that an entity will always come to as a, as a whole. That's a kind of the pulse. Well, we have things set up. Somebody will come and take care of it. But in reality, you may be the last person on that list of that entity that's taking care of others. And I always yeah. want to be I always want to be out of their way to take care of the ones that really need it, in addition to protect against being the last one on the list. you know <laughs> well, it's amazing how many um you know you talk to your friends and family, and it's it's kind of dumbfounding to think that you know some of them might not even have a first aid kit mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to start at the very basics, but um seventy two hours worth of food. Uh, things of that nature. Um, it's just something I think people prefer not to think about, and so it doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm when I when I came across the Life Cube, and I'm kind of taking a a little turn, but this is in the same area. Um, we were in Hurricane Charlie in South Florida, that was supposed to go towards Tampa, and decided to take a nice right angle turn, really literally up our backyard, because I was we were staying at my in laws. And um, I, I, I've been in plenty of hurricanes in Florida before to, to kind of know when you really had to leave and when, where the worst was and where the least was, if you were going to get hit, if you could make it through. <laughs> but this one making an immediate right turn, which is awesome, ended putting us all in a tiny hallway with mattresses, five people mm-hmm. and a dog. And we were watching the roof lift and lower, lift and lower. And it was just horrific watching pool cages go down the golf course looking like tumbleweeds and you know and just palm trees shooting through like arrows of other houses it was just terrible well of course what came out of that is is rows and rows and rows and rows of portables for people that literally for several years were still living in those portables um because i think it was punta gorda maybe was the area most, most hit and they were displaced for the longest time, and the portables actually stayed out there forever. It became its own little subdivision. Um, LifeCube has the ability of being put into an area and then moved to another area and the, that a portable doesn't have, a portable building. Um, and, you know, that was a lot of our inspiration. Um, well, first of all, when I, when I first moved here to Santa Barbara in, what was that, 2006, Year after year after year, we had a, you know, catastrophic fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hasacita Gap and Tea Fire um, caused massive displacement. Um, people 
sleeping in the rec sen. And that got me really involved. Uh, you know, as a Californian, we may not get the hurricanes, but we get everything else. And yeah. we're just waiting for the, the next shoe to drop with the earthquake. Um, but seeing that displacement uh, really caused us to think, what if a family had a preparedness system that they could keep off to the side of their house and say an uh, earthquake happens or a tornado happens and your house gets red tagged and mm -hmm. you can just roll this right out and stay in your driveway, you know, because that's a lot of the time people don't want to, you know, go stay with family in the city over. They want to be near to their home mm -hmm. while it's being rebuilt. And it prevents this kind of thing we saw with the uh, FEMA trailers where people stay for years, whereas the mandate is really just for 18 months. Right, right. And it, it, your commute is completely changed. I mean, your life is disrupted enough as it is yeah. um, during a, a disaster. But to have to be, in this case, it, I know the subdivisions were obviously closer to the coast, and they, and they were devastated. But then they were all trucked out way past the I-75 highway, which is a good 30 minutes away from where they actually lived. Minimum. That's, that's a minimum. So I know everybody's commute was different. Everybody's livelihood was different. Um, you know, thankfully they were now at least living and had shelter, but it was a, a difficult life for a lot of the people that had to move there. And, and if they had, like you said, a life cube or even a shared one between neighbors, um, there'd be a place to go in the interim that at least they didn't have to add you know, an extra hour or two commute to their, to their already upset life. Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, that same idea with the shared cube, we've talked to some homeowners associations that think that this might be a, a good solution for, you know, a community center where the mail mm -hmm. can arrive and people can meet up there and distribute all the resources. So, That's a good idea. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, your website mentions that emergency shelters are stuck in the 20th century a lot, like we're talking about, about the portables. Uh, what makes LifeCubes so much more advanced than the ones that we see now that dot the landscape after a, a disaster? I think you touched on it earlier. Um, the rapid deployment, the fact that you can fit 26, 26 of these on a large flatbed trailer, oh, wow. instead of pulling them in one at a time. Uh, they can go up in five minutes, they can come down in 30, so you can set up entire communities, and when it's time to move, pack them up. Uh, we have a single unit that has been deployed in multiple states well over 100 times, so they're extremely durable. Um, and as we've been kind of developing the product, we keep coming across these little unique innovations that uh, just keep stepping it up a notch. For instance, the, the hoops that fold out of the shipping container mm -hmm. uh, allow one person to effectively roll an entire house around on site um, to maneuver yeah. it into space. And right now we're working on uh, self-sustainable power systems. So you're completely grid independent um, you don't have to 
pull a generator in unless you want some massive appliances like AC. Uh, it's really all in one, and that's our mm-hmm. niche. Well, who has shown the most interest in these so far? A lot of government agencies. Um, we've mm. exposed it to FEMA. Um, we actually rolled a queue right up C Street and deployed it <laughs> in their courtyard. Um, nice. And that, that really drew some eyebrows. Um, <laughs> special forces in the military, uh, the Justice Department, um, agencies up in San Francisco, uh, fire, municipal police, uh, things of that nature, as mm-hmm. well as a lot of individual preppers and family preparedness people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I showed this to my son, actually, and he was just so excited he could hardly stand it. He thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> it, it would be a, a really good thing if you are building a home and you want to actually live on that land if you've purchased land rather than you know, going out and, and, you know, living in a different place, if you're going to be the one that actually hands on builds a home, it would be a great place for you to stay in the meantime. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I've only had the opportunity to stay in it for a week at a time, mm-hmm. but um, it, it felt like I was staying in, a, in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Well, we're going to take a real quick break, and then I want to come back and talk about some of the things that are going forward, um, some of the things that you have in the works, and the ways everybody that's listening can maybe get involved to help you guys out. So we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. Thank you. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. Ranch-coop.com. At millersgrainhouse.com, you'll find both electric and off-grid appliances and encouragement to build your preparation kitchen. Miller's Grainhouse is dedicated to helping you save money while you prep. Connect with Miller's Grainhouse on Facebook and check out our videos. Remember, millersgrainhouse.com to save on all your preparedness kitchen needs. Your preparation station is on the air. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. I'm here with Nick Peterson. He is with LifeCube Incorporated. He is the business development manager. And I know uh, the first thing that my son did when he saw these was, okay, where can I get one? Where can I get one? Um, <laughs> you know, like he's got the pocket change to just go out and do this anyway. But, you know, it's the first thing everybody wants to know is, you know, where can they get one? Tell us how that's, how that's working. What's going on with that right now? So right now, uh, we've been bootstrapping this company up from uh, napkin sketches for the last couple of years, and we've managed to build some one-off prototypes that have allowed us to lock in our technology 
and build an extremely robust military-grade command and control center. Um, right now, the, the price tag for retail comes in at $17,485 per unit because it is that robust unit. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are looking to collect batch orders on our website so that we can get that cost down for individual purchasers. So, so it's a it's matter of to, yeah, finding out, saying, I'm interested, put me on that list of interest, huh? Exactly. Um, it's, building a product is one thing. Building a company is something entirely <laughs> different. <laughs> and so we've kind of noticed through that process that we're looking to raise some investments so that we can do a batch run instead mm-hmm. of just built to order. So uh, people can reach reach us on our website and get that process moving. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, before we actually hit record, which I always wish I'd hit record before I ever start with a guest, but it's really not fair because who knows what people <laughs> say. But before we actually hit record uh, for the show, you and I were talking about the potentials of maybe some crowdfunding to see uh, the ability of really bringing this along a little faster. Um, So what's the best way for folks to find out if that's going to happen? Which one should they connect with? All three? Uh, Yeah, well, we have a contact form on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, And if they like, uh, they can also join us on Facebook. And that's where we put all of our major announcements. Uh, If you sign up through our website, we have a newsletter that will get going ahead of this Indiegogo uh, campaign, which Mm -hmm. we think we can launch within the next month or two. Awesome. That's great. Well, what do you think are the biggest obstacles with, you know, marketing for your product? Uh, When you're primarily going after a government market, there are a lot of hoops that you have to (laughs) jump through. (laughs) I bet. And um, we've jumped through most of them, and I think we have some of our, you know, core customers that are really going to push us to the next level set. Um, That being the first, and just, you know, bootstrapping a company using 100% American-made materials and processes is uh, a bit harder than Mm -hmm. starting the latest uh, widget or app, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you've got a, you've, got a, a lot of effort put into it so far and I really hope you guys bring this to the masses. I see it as like you do, I guess, in a in a way of really being able to help crowds at a time, uh, as well as just an individual. How did the idea ever come up? I mean that's this is not something you see everywhere. How did this idea come up for this life cube? Right. That would be uh, my partner Michael. Um he's the original inventor behind this. Mm-hmm. And if you remember back in 2005, it was a pretty bad year for disasters with Hurricane Katrina domestically and uh, the Great Pakistan Earthquake abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, that Pakistan Earthquake particularly, uh, there was a new shot of the villagers whose entire um, way of life had just been destroyed and they're way up in the mountaintops. And there's effectively no way to reach them. And Michael thought that was ridiculous. Why isn't there a box that just has everything in it that'll get them through those critical hours until some real aid can uh, come forward? So mm. that night he sat down and drew up the initial sketches. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Well, one of the most ingenious things about the Life Cube is that it's really versatile. Will the Life Cube be able to quickly adapt to any new challenges that are ahead? What kind of specific features do you have kind of planned? Um, that's what we call underneath the table is uh, <laughs> a payload that we call the end user specific equipment. Oh. And really, whatever you customize that with determines the end user application. So I touched on earlier uh, this idea of a isolation facility, a positive mm-hmm. pressure environment with medical filtration. Uh, that's something that we're looking forward uh, for pandemic control. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than that, uh, we have models that will be you know, much larger, uh, 10 by 20 uh, for field hospitals, or smaller, 10 by 10 for what we call the everyman, you know, either the camping model or the family preparedness model, uh, things of that nature. Well, I, I, I want to do a... Um if anyone gets a chance to see the video, I just have to ask a couple questions because in watching the video, it looks like it goes pretty quick to to set one of these up. And the fact is you are off the ground. I mean, it's it has a floor. Right. So it's not like right. you're putting a yurt on the ground or you're blowing up a bouncy house and you're walking <clears> on, on – first thing my son said, oh, it's like a bouncy house. No. <laughs> <laughs> or you're walking on a bouncing floor. It has a real legitimate floor that's raised up enough from the ground that gives you a strong foundation. But other than that, do you have to crawl underneath it to push a button to inflate it? How does that work? No. Uh, and first off, on that floor, that's <laughs> – that's one thing that we love. You know, it's a hard surface mm-hmm. raised platform. And so that gets you up out of the mud. You don't have to kick away the rocks. It gives you a stable surface to work from. Um, and it provides a thermal barrier. So it's mm-hmm. not just a tarp on the dirt. Right. Um, other than that, when you're deploying, the floor comes down, you plug in the hose, you hit the button, and it basically inflates itself. You just kind of guide it up. Oh, cool. So it's like an automatic, because because it's being opened, it actually inflates itself. Yeah, and that's the, um, the key off-the-grid uh, factor feature mm-hmm. that uh, we kind of built this around, is we didn't want this to be something where you had to run and plug it into your house to mm-hmm. power it. You can airdrop this into the most remote locations, and you have everything that you need. Oh, that's in pretty one awesome. Box. That is pretty awesome. It was because I was trying to figure out: did I miss it? Did they did they push a button? Did they do this when they were setting it up? So I, I of course, had to ask. <laughs> I didn't see anybody crawl into the middle. I didn't see any of that go on. So there's none of this really awkward stuff. It just looked like you got the corners secured after the floor was down, and then up it went. I mean, it was like yeah. The um, the power system that we actually have built ourselves. You know, we've been in R and D for so long that some of this stuff is on the market, but back then it wasn't. So we had to mm-hmm. design and build it. And so we have a 12 volt power system that is trickle charged through solar, and inside of that is a four horsepower inflator. Yeah. So that inflator just connects to the single inflation point in the canopy and it goes up in about three minutes. 
Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive to watch it. So I, I hope people that are listening today will go by and at least look at the look at the website. And if you've got more questions, contact them for interest or for questions or for you know whatever you whatever you feel like you want to contact them for donations, whatever. Um, go to lifecubeinc.com. And if you're not understanding what I'm saying, it is L-I-F-E-C-U-B-E. INC.com. I have the occasional southern accent that comes out, so sometimes people don't quite get it. Um, and that's the same thing you put LifeCube after if you're looking on Facebook, and you can connect with them there. And you put LifeCube Inc. after Twitter, and you can find them there. And that way, if you listen and connect with them, you'll find out more about how this is rolling out, how it's being used um, in mass, hopefully for disasters with government entities and how soon it can be available for someone individually that just wants to um, to be much more prepared. Well, Nick, do you have anything else that we need to make sure everyone hears about LifeCube? You know, I, I just... Uh... I love talking about it because whenever mm-hmm. I get a new person coming to our website or seeing me at some trade show, Everybody has their own unique perspective of how they would use it. And so I find it funny whether I'm in, you know, Buffalo or Ontario or even San Diego. (laughs) One thing that I always hear is, oh, this would make a great ice fishing shelter (laughs) from people you don't expect to hear it from. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, if, if listeners have ideas of other applications or like technologies that they could see us incorporating with. Uh, we love receiving those kinds of ideas because it's really the people that are involved in this company and the people that come to us that are going to make it a success. Yeah, that's always good to hear that, that a company likes hearing the input. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with everybody. Glad to. Well, we are so glad. To, we're glad to have you here today, and I hope people will kind of get introduced to the LifeCube through this if they haven't been familiar with it yet, that they'll connect with you guys and follow along and, and show their support when you get the crowdfunding up. Um, I know that I will make sure I put that on the show page and update everything once you do. It's been a joy and delightful to get to know you and hear more about the process of how LifeCube became from a napkin brainchild to a, a prototype. It's awesome. Likewise, and uh, I've since had a chance to read through your magazine, and I'm equally uh, impressed. Thank you. Glad you, glad you enjoy it. Hopefully we'll get you guys to write some stuff from things that are going on, and we'd love to have you have some input. It'd be great to collaborate. If you'll let us. We'd love it. Love it. Well, thanks, Nick. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and everybody listening, remember to enjoy the journey while you get prepared. God bless, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of your preparation station with Donna Miller. We would love to hear from you. Please connect with us at yourpreparationstation.com and on Facebook. Tune in again next time for another encouraging episode. Until then, keep growing and finding joy in the journey. Tune in again soon. This is your preparation station. Speaking hope, not hype, and facts, not fear. Preparedness grounded in truth.